It's a Therapy Tuesday on the show, Browns fans. We're going to get past that stinker against Buffalo, get ready for Tampa Bay. I think I got an answer how to solve this Browns garbage that we've been seeing. Gerard Cherry, sideline reporter for the Browns and three-time Super Bowl champ. He's going to help us sort all this out from a player's perspective. Waiver wire fantasy football pickups and our bet Fred Sportsbook early bird picks coming up right now on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, the sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Hey everybody, Andy McNamara with you. Yes, this is the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Another Browns loss. Wasn't in Buffalo, wasn't the the act of God we were hoping for for some snowball. No, it was a nice warm inside Detroit Ford Field and the Browns got trounced. Uh, Another winnable game. Another one that got away. Same freaking story get us on twitter at andy mc81 at sick pod browns click notifications subscribe all that good stuff still coming up a bit later in the show new sponsor our buddies at bet fred sportsbook uh are going to be coming on early bird bets for nfl week 11 get you all ready for that thanksgiving day games of course right thanksgiving under the wire waiver wire pickups as well for your fantasy football team get you set there and coming up in just a few minutes gerard cherry sideline reporter for the browns a former player want to get inside on these types of losing streaks what happens why how but here's you know what i'm going to get to my dog bones doghouse for this game and then i'm going to tell you what i think really needs to be done not coaching wise with the browns but overall but first, let's hand on some dog bones. Yeah, not many dog bones, people. Not many. 31-23 Bills won. Now, again, the Browns had the chance. Self-inflicted wounds. Every single week, we say self-inflicted wounds. No discipline. No accountability. I'll get to that. But on the positive side, dog bones, folks, I told you last week, I've told you throughout the whole season and last year donovan people's jones is a superstar in the making dpj gets my dog bone and heck of a listen i'm not taking anything away from amari cooper but i expect great things out of amari cooper two touchdowns 113 yards phenomenal jacoby Brissett as well none of this really is on jacoby Brissett, right it's the play calling so those little decisions from kevin stefanski who has his nose buried in the cheesecake factory sized Menu that he calls a play card. Not paying attention to the whole game. I digress. Donovan Peoples-Jones. This guy at least once a game makes a superstar level catch. You put elite quarterback play with DPJ, that dude's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm telling you right now. And then what that does for the future of the Browns, it puts together right away. You can move DPJ up in the depth chart. Amari Cooper a little bit below, and you got a nasty one-two punch. Sprinkling a little Njoku. I love it. But guess what? I need somebody who's going to know how to manage the damn game. That's what I need. Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, five catches, 61 yards, and his first touchdown of the season in his hometown of Detroit. So that was nice. First TD of the year. DPJ, you get the dog bone, baby. Now, the doghouse. Again, lots and lots to go into shovel to stuff into that doghouse. All right? Uh, It's coaching. Again. This team, and Miles Garrett keeps being cryptic with his messages. Keeps, like, oh, we're not... not, uh, 
going through walls if we're going in the wrong direction. Uh, people, he's very cryptic. And what that tells me is they do not trust Joe Woods. They don't. So Kevin Stefanski, the coaching staff, Joe Woods, the coordinators, another blocked field goal, most in the league. All in the doghouse, the coaching side. All of it. No adjustments. And you can tell. You can tell the game was over in the second quarter, people. You can tell because you know they're not adjusting. You know they're not adjusting. You know it because we keep seeing it. And they don't change. Doghouse, all the coaches, all of them. I'll get to some more on that a little bit later on. But I want to bring on my guy right now from ESPN Cleveland. He's the sideline reporter for the Browns Radio Network. Is the next level every Monday to Friday on ESPN Cleveland and a three-time Super Bowl champ with the New England Patriots, Gerard Cherry on the line from somewhere, a mysterious location in Ohio, I understand. Right, Gerard? Yeah, that is right, Eddie. How are you doing today? <laughs> Man, you know what? Over, you know, Life good, Browns bad. So that like affects me negatively. And as with many, many Browns fans, really ticks everybody off. Um, but I wanted to talk to you specifically because – being a former player yourself, and what people might forget is you were with the Pages for those first three Super Bowls. And Gerard, that was, of course, before Bill Belichick was Bill Belichick and could grunt his way to whatever he wanted. Can you please tell us the story? And we've talked about it before, but tell me the story and our, our viewers about when it almost, history was almost redefined, when they had the come to Jesus moment, Belichick with you and the players, and turn that season and really the franchise around in New England. Wow, you're taking me back with that story. So from what I do recall and remember, it was a situation where we just lost the football game. I want to say it was to the Miami Dolphins. And in that game, we just didn't get, the, obviously, the job done. So we're that Monday, we're in a team meeting, and I saw Coach Belichick do one of the most humble things I've ever seen a head coach do. And he was essentially like, look, guys, if we don't change this thing around, if we don't get our act together, first and foremost, I'm not going to be here. And guess what? You're not going to be here either because I'm primarily responsible for the majority of you all being here. So if we don't get this ship going in the right direction, if we don't change things, it's going to be curtains for all of us. You see this football right here that I have on the podium? This represents our last game that we just played. What we're going to go do is we're going to go out to the practice field, we're going to put this football in a hole, and each and every last one of you on this football team is going to walk by it and kick dirt on it, and we're going to bury this and put it behind us. And don't you know, from that point on, it was a different situation with our football team. And the reason why it was a different situation, he did a massive job of getting guys to understand the concept that you're in it together, that everyone matters. And if you don't have that dynamic taking place in your football team, you're not going to win football games, which brings me to the Browns. Because really, the issue with the Browns is not talent, Andy. The issue with the Browns is right now they're a collection of talented individuals. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right, Gerard. And that story, it really takes to like, okay, we're all in it, and we're either all going to do it or we're going to fail. And that was brilliant by Belichick at that time. But for, to your point, a bunch of phenomenal talents, but individuals, 100-plus million-dollar players on defense with Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Right? Talent all over the place. Why are they at this point? And to your point with what Belichick did, I, I don't know, Drew. I hope you see something different than I do, but I just don't see 
Kevin Stefanski or anybody on this coaching staff having that type of, of movement of mindset of like an all in, it just seems it's like, well, whatever is on my big giant menu play card and whatever analytics is telling us doesn't seem to be that maybe that personal nature going in. Well, you definitely can't rely on numbers to deal with emotion. And that's one of the weaknesses, obviously, of analytics. It can predict behavior to a certain extent and tell you certain guys are going to be productive. But the one part it doesn't reach, and you always need this element, is that emotional part, too. How do I reach guys? How do I get guys to buy into this idea that we are a team? And that in order to get the job done, you have to be about team over self and not make it about your individual prosperity, not about your individual accolades. And if you're not doing that, and if all you're preaching is just do your job, yes, do your job, but it has to be deeper than that. It has to be a greater emotional tie. The best in the business find a way to get guys to say, you know what? Yes, I'm being handsomely rewarded. I'm being handsomely paid for what I do, but there's something more to this. I enjoy being around these guys. I enjoy building something. I enjoy what this locker room represents and a special feeling that I get in here when I walk here that I'm not going to let anyone violate it. But unfortunately, what can happen on the pro game especially is that you can get a bunch of hired mercenaries. And if you look at any war history, yeah, the numbers will help you, but when it comes down to like fighting, hand-to-hand combat, the mercenaries usually don't win because money's not simply enough if a person's fighting for their country or their family and their friends. And, and it's in the world of football, it's mock military. You have to find a way to get guys to buy into a concept that it's bigger than you. And it's not about you, but it's about what we represent as a collective, as opposed to what I'm trying to achieve with my bank account, where I'm trying to go after the game or before the game or during the week of practice or something of that nature. I love that comparison. Uh, in conversation with Gerard Cherry, Brown sideline reporter, host on ESPN Cleveland and three-time Super Bowl champ with the Patriots. So, Gerard, with that being said, all right. So we, we hear sort of the cryptic messages from Miles Garrett. The defense is completely collapsed. Denzel Ward, though, came out today and was like, well, we were doing good last year, so there's a chance we could do good this year. And it just seems like there's an accountability issue to the extreme, Gerard. And gosh, I really hope we're not going back to those Dwayne Bow on the or Kenny Britt on the sideline riding the bike days where there was no accountability. Because it seems, from the outside, it seems... If you were drafted or brought in by this regime, you're playing no matter what. And to the complacency and paycheck side, there's got to be something to it. As a player, I'm sure that little bit, you don't want to be like shaken out of a fear all the time, but I'm sure that little bit of a, ooh, I'm got to play my A game every time or else somebody could take my job. That doesn't seem to be the case with the Browns right now. Uh, it doesn't. And that's the part where you scratch your head and wonder if a guy got sat down for one play, why just one play? If a guy keeps on making the same mistakes week in and week out, why is he not sitting down? And the common occurrence is that the guys that are drafted, the guys that are high-priced free agents, the ones that are constantly playing and not having any accountability issues for them making mistakes. So that is a problem. You can't – you definitely – and this is another thing going back to what I learned with, with Bill. You want to create an atmosphere where you sense and feel that everyone is equal even though you know it's not the case. You understand that if Tom Brady is to have some type of mistake, if Tom Brady is to do something foolish, he's not going to get cut that next day or that within the hour. But if you are a guy who's on a practice squad or, or a special team player that's easily replaceable, if you will, then yes, you get that. But what you want to create is an atmosphere 
where you feel that there's some sense of fairness, that there is equality, that there is opportunity, that there is chance, and that you're holding everybody accountable to the same level. Now, I don't think the Browns coaches, because from, from my perspective, I think these guys are, I would say, too nice to these guys in that they treat everybody with kindness. I'm waiting for the situation, and you won't see it publicly, where a guy gets chewed out in front of everyone for screwing up. That's not how they coach. That's not how they operate. But there's still something to be said about that precious thing called playing time. That if you start taking that away from guys who are those draft picks who you're counting on to develop, they'll get the message. Because right now I truly believe that the problem is that some of these guys, especially the young players, because they don't know any better, this is all they know. They didn't have experience I had in the NFL. So they're thinking this is how it's supposed to be because this is all their experience. But they don't know that when you screw up, you're supposed to be sat down. So what they start thinking and feeling is, you know what? This is a right, not a privilege. And unfortunately, mm. you may have way too many guys on that football team with that mentality, and hence you get what you're getting. And it goes back to training camp as well. That's something I, I, I touched upon this last night on a, the Red Zone, on Valley Sports. And I need a fully good chance to really develop it. But in essence, what I was trying to say is that when you have a situation on your football team where – guys aren't being held accountable, it's going to fall apart. And when you have a situation on your football team and training camp where the mentality is let's just get through it and not grind and not be preserving, but actually make this thing hardcore, make this thing tough, make it miserable, that helps propel you and get ready for the season. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They're one of the few teams that embrace this idea that we're going to make training camp very tough. You know how they did that? They saw the rules and what they represented, but what, how they did it was they found a loophole. Well, let's go practice against different teams. Let's go to Miami in 100-degree heat and practice against them and stretch ourselves. Let's practice against the Browns. Let's practice against other talented football teams and use that as our way of getting prepared. And guess what they're doing? They're winning football games. One of the few teams that will actually figure that out. While when you look at the Browns situation, how they went about training camp, it was, all right, you get rest here, you get rest there. We don't want to hurt nobody. We want everybody to go into the season feeling okay. That's not a warrior mentality. A warrior mentality has to be, I'm going to get after it. If I get hurt, I get hurt. I'll figure out a way to overcome it. I can't be preserved like that. So right there, it stresses the wrong type of mentality that you're going to have to have if you want to make a championship run. Definitely, Troy. Absolutely. And it comes back to a couple of A words, accountability and adjustments. And let's focus on the adjustment part. Because I think, too, quick side note is, if you if the Browns took the strategy of look, we're going to reward these are our guys, and you're rewarding your draft picks, you're rewarding the guys you brought in with playing time. That if they if they play well, that could be a benefit. But when they don't, and then there's no consequence, that's the big problem, and that's where that adjustment word comes in. And Gerard, my goodness, I can't I can't stand that I can call when this game's over in the second quarter because I know there's not going to be any halftime adjustments. I know it. And I know exactly what it's going to be. And I know on, on one of the 40-yard lines, Jacoby Brissett's going to get sacked on a third down. Like, if we can see that, and it keeps happening, why is this team, this coaching staff, why do they not adjust? Like, are they paralyzed by the numbers? Like, what's going on? Well, they're trying to figure – you got to remember, this is Kevin Stefanski's third year as a head coach. And he's won a very challenging job of being an offensive play caller slash head coach. So right. they're going to be – a maturation process with that. But the other part to it is this that I really focus on is that you have probably a bunch of malcontents in your locker room right now. The idea that this is not fair. This dude is screwing up. 
I work harder than this guy. And there's no chance in hell that I'm going to get a chance to play because I'm not a draft pick. So what you've done is created second-class citizenry within your locker room. And mm. now you have a situation where you have organically created the haves and the have-nots. So I've been saying this whole time, the narrative in this conversation with you is about creating collective, right? How are you going to create a collective if you feel that some guys are like, we're the have and we're the have not? And you have to have everybody bought in on the idea that we all are in this together and that we're all playing for something. And if you have the guys that are the haves basically saying, hey, I get this no matter what because I'm a draft pick. I'm this, I'm that. And here you are. You're just a lowly free agent. Hmm. You need everybody on board. I'm telling you, in the Patriots locker room, you could be an undrafted guy. You could be a special teams guy. If you were working your ass off and if you were doing the things necessary to help team culture, you could go up to a starter and be like, man, you're wasting our time today. You're not working hard. And guess what? Because of the accountability within that locker room of the players, no one would look at you sideways or say, hey, man, he's right. Get in line. Do what you're hmm. supposed to do. And when you start having that take place, that's when you have a winning culture and that's when you have a locker room that's going to win football games. But if you've got this, this situation going on right now where guys who are working hard feel it's pointless and they'll just do their job, you can't win football games just doing your job. It has to be more than just doing your job. Running to a guy full speed, sacrificing your mind, body, and soul on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays, and sometimes Saturdays requires more of the attitude of, I'm just going to do my job. It has to be, I'm about to go do my job. I can't wait to do my job. Right. I'm not getting that right now because of the circumstances that they've created, unfortunately, by not understanding the emotional element of football. Well, damn, Jared, let's get you down there, man. I'm fired up right now. Let's get, let's get, right, come on. You know, like, I know it, it makes, it makes total sense. So let me ask you this, uh, just a couple more quick ones and I'll, I'll let you go. Um, the, the player mindset. So you've outlined that. Okay. Now the Browns in a, a, a losing streak, a funk, uh, one more game before Deshaun Watson comes back. If you, as a player's mindset in that locker room, individually, is there something you can do to shake up? Like, is there like, essentially, how do you break out of this? Is it up to the coaches? Like, how, as a player in this rut, in this funk, do you get out of this? Is there hope? Yeah, it's just simple. You got to change the dynamics of what you've been doing. The constant is that guys that mess up continue to play. Yeah. That's been the constant, right? So until you change that, until you switch that and start rewarding guys for actually doing their job and having consequences, it's really that simple, to screwing up. And you may take the approach from a team philosophy that, well, this is our development years and this is what we're doing. You're developing the wrong way, obviously, because mm-hmm. the guys aren't changing. The guys are still doing the same mistakes, making the same mistakes, rather. So you, you can't, at this point, you've had a large enough sample size to see that that approach doesn't work. And I'll be the first to tell you as a former player, it's never going to work. The worst thing that you can have is a football player who feels like a kid. This is his right. And that he doesn't right. have to take his his playbook home. He doesn't have to do the extra on the football field. He doesn't have to fully exert himself to practice. Now, I will tell you this. There are players on that football team who are doing things the right way. And it shows up in how they play. What comes to mind is Nick Chubb. I watched him throughout training camp, and you see him play. He's doing fantastic because he has the right mentality and attitude of, I'm out here to bust my you-know-what every time I step on this football field. We need more of that out of this football team. But unfortunately, he's not vocal. And the offense, to be honest with you, Andy, that's not the problem. The problem is the defense. Yeah. And I know everybody wants to blame it on Joe Woods and say it's his scheme. It's not his scheme. It's an issue at all. If you have a 
If you have force rules and you're violating, if you have contain rules and you're violating, if you have gap integrity rules and you're violating, if you have confusion and miscommunication in a secondary and you're violating, yes, it's the coach's job to prepare you. But at some point as a player, there's this thing called accountability where you have to know how to do your freaking job. Yeah. It's that simple. And you can't just say, oh, it's because we are practicing certain things during the course of the week. Yeah, that makes some sense to a degree, but a lesser one. The large degree comes down to why aren't you meeting with your teammates if you have uncertainty? Why are you not doing extra from a studying standpoint and making sure other guys come along? Because, again, your mentality must be once I walk out of that locker room and I, I clock out for the day, I'm done. No winning football team has that mentality. You have to do extra. You have to pay the price. And unfortunately, these guys don't get that. Hence why we see what we've seen from our football team. Absolutely. Last one for you here, Gerard. Miles Garrett, all the talent in the world, we know that. Good Lord, you look at him. Sensational. Best athletically gifted Browns player. You could maybe make the case ever as far as just pure athletic ability, possibly ever. But, but like, like Gerard, there's the... There's these cryptic messages. These It seems like it's sometimes more about miles or about stats or about him not being, and not everyone needs to be a rah-rah vocal guy, but he's the highest paid guy. He's the look-to leader. And it just seems to me sometimes that it's more about miles or or that he's not fully buying it. Is that fair? It's fair because you're, you're basing it on what you're hearing and what you're being reported. Now, obviously, you don't know what he's saying in the locker room no. or what he's saying in the confines of his home, obviously, or to his close friends or to his team place again in the locker room, but I would love for him to do what he did last year, which was essentially call dudes out because it seemed to work. Because once he started calling dudes out, what happened? That defense all of a sudden became a top five defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I want Miles to go back to that mile. The guy who's calling guys out and not complaining about the play calling if you're not doing enough strip and turnover drills and practice. Call your teammates out and see if they respond because when he called them out, you know what he did? He came out there and played next level consistently. You're right. I, I forgot about that. That's a great point. Listen, Gerard, I could do this all day, man. We'll let you get back to it. Uh, look, tell people where they can hear you, find you on ESPN Cleveland. You're doing such a great job as a sideline reporter on the Browns radio network. Appreciate it, man. Three to five, Mondays through Fridays, ESPN Cleveland, 850 WKNR. Or heck, you can also hear me on ESPN National from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Sunday nights as well. And obviously, the style I reported did. Check me out on Bally Sports Mondays and Thursday nights, I believe. That's right. And <laughs> 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 Browns countdown on Sunday mornings, man. I'm a busy dude this time of year. You're all over the place and on the land on the man, of course. TLOD, of course, as well. So, uh, Gerard, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's do it again soon. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care, Andy. All right. There he goes. Three time, three time, three time. Super Bowl champ, Gerard Cherry. Brown sideline reporter, as you said, I wanted to get him on the show, folks, to really get that player insight. And it comes down crystal clear. Um, players individually hard to predict. Comes down to those those two A words I said: accountability and adjustments. We're not seeing neither, none. If you don't have accountability and you're not making adjustments, then this is what you get. And you're good enough to beat the damn Bills. On Sunday, again, you were good enough. You held Josh Allen. Josh Allen ain't looking quite right. I don't know what's, they all bowl, whatever it might be. Not right. But they still beat you. Still beat you. And Tampa Bay's coming in. And guess what, folks? Tom Brady and that Buccaneers team, they're at 500. 
in arguably the weakest division in football. He's in playoff push mode. Jacoby Brissett's last start before Deshaun Watson comes back. We'll have lots of talk about what that means and what that looks like coming up. But Jacoby Brissett, for what he is, which is a backup, has played above and beyond. When Jacoby Brissett gets sacked, when Jacoby Brissett makes mistakes late in game, I don't blame Jacoby because he's playing above the level that he's capable of right now. Those numbers, look at the stats. Look at if you took this number and you said, Who's this? Andy, who's this? Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson? 324 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 116.3 quarterback rating. You're like, wow, it's Deshaun Watson, Andy. No, no. it's Jacoby Brissett. Problem isn't Jacoby. They stuffed up Nick Chubb. Hey, 19 yards. It's not Nick Chubb's fault. Offensive line. Boy, it looks like Pochich, the center, by the way, folks, coming out today. He's put on IR. We're going to miss four games. Froholt's going to be the, the center. Now you're getting into the injuries. What happened? You know what's funny? When you have winning teams, and this happened to the Browns when you had that 2020 run, guys play through more injuries. Things hurt a little bit less. I'm not saying Pochich is you know, faking or nothing like that. No way. But it just seems, you know, it's interesting how that, that happens. And so we're not having adjustments. I the the running the, the the run defense is so atrocious. I don't understand it. And I think Buffalo missed opportunities for not doing exactly what the Miami Dolphins did last week. Folks, fantasy football, whoever plays the Browns, pop them in. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Then they will set season highs. James Cook and meh NFL run. Meh. He's a guy. Ran for 86 yards. Devin Singletary, who is finding the end zone a bit more these days. But this is not a run first Bills team. Guess what he got? 86 yards and a score. You gave up 171 yards on the ground. And only seven of those yards were Josh Allen, who's the team's leading rusher going into that game. Why are there no adjustments from Joe Woods? They're running right up the middle. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Move the tackles. Move Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney in. Stack it up. Make them beat you in different ways. But there's no adjustments in game. There's none. That's what's most infuriating. Doesn't happen. Here is what my point off the top was of how I feel this whole Brown situation gets fixed. Because you want to fire the coach, that's fine. You want to fire the coordinators, that's fine. The problem is the fundamental idea behind how this organization is run. And it starts with Paul DePodesta from La Jolla, California. What a gig. Mr. Moneyball, played by Jonah Hill. Give me Jonah Hill in here. Instead, I'll take Jonah's advice. This pure analytics mindset. And don't get me wrong. Look, people crap on analytics. Bill Belichick, when he was coaching the Browns in the early 90s, was doing analytics before it was analytics. Analytics absolutely 1,000% has its place. You're a fool if you don't do it. But it's a part of the conversation. It's a part of, okay, here are these numbers. Look at them, use them, put into the game plan, but it doesn't account for in-game adjustments. And that's why you don't see it. Because what Kevin Stefanski is seeing on his card or what he's being fed in from the analytics guy, I think it's something Giuliani up top, is, well, this is what the odds say. This is what the statistics say. 
That doesn't count for in-game. Is there a sprint when they're running the ball down your throat, up the gut? Browns got figured out in that Atlanta game. NFL took notice when they lost to Atlanta. And you had two no-name guys run all over you. Took notice. Did it. Guess what, people? NFL defensive coordinators, they're really smart. They paid a million bucks to figure you out. And they have. The problem is Paul Podesta. To me, end of story. Because you're not firing Jimmy the owner. Okay, you can hate on Jimmy Haslam, the Haslam's all you want. They're not going anywhere. All right, they're staying. And they want to win. Like, like, bless them, they want to win. They just don't know how. They just can't get out of their own way. Paul D. Podesta is the problem. Because this guy is setting the whole to chief strategy officer. Well, what's the strategy been? Let's see. D. Podesta comes in. NBA style, they want to tear down the roster. Okay, you lose on purpose for two years. Hell. For Browns fans, hell. We weren't happy. I'll speak for myself. I wasn't happy on a Sunday during football for two years. Two years and more. That's why I don't fully blame Hugh Jackson. He went crazy because of all the losing. Okay, so the strategy is build it down. Build up to the draft. Get lots of draft picks. Boom. Off you go. You're winning Super Bowls. Okay. You draft Baker Mayfield first overall. John Dorsey decision right not your analytics guy say what you want about baker won a playoff game took us to the playoffs one in pittsburgh okay say say what you want tear down tear down tear down then you get rid of dorsey not a, not a, not in line they want harmony tired of dysfunction fine fine but now you you don't have this everyone's getting along what's that look like okay well what, what does it look like? It looks like three and seven to me that's what that looks like it looks like a consistent decline from that COVID year, because you have yes men, you have the prerequisite to get this head coach job after Freddie Kitchens wasn't te- terrible. That's what did Dorsey in, okay? no doubt. But was you got to use analytics? Ian, well, guess how many people that eliminates? A lot. You get a guy, and who wouldn't? Good lord, you're gonna pay me five million bucks? Yes, sir. <laughs> what spreadsheet do you want me to read off of? I'll do it. Sure. Okay, so you got Stefanski. Heck of a play caller. And if he's not real careful, he's going to be a play caller again and not a head coach. Doesn't manage the game. Doesn't fire up defenses. Okay. And why? What does that all, you can blame all the adjustment, but what does it all filter down from? Paul D. Podesta. Paul D. Podesta is the problem. The strategy has failed. And if the strategy has failed, then the chief strategy officer who is in charge of, guess what? The strategy has to go. He's got his web of whatever in on Jimmy Haslam. So I don't know if he's brainwashed and, and, and Haslam, that is not even an issue. Get rid of Paul freaking D. Podesta. Guess what, Moneyball? Great movie. Didn't win a World Series. Loser. You, you won on the cheap. Loser mentality. Came from a loser organization and a loser strategy from teams that don't spend money. Well, NFL, you can spend lots of money. So I don't need to do that. Paul D. Podesta is the problem. Cut the head off the snake and do it again. And guess what, folks? You could we get a football guy in and fail too. Mike Holmgren was a football guy. He was the worst. We failed with football guys and we're failing with this analytic stuff. So shake it up. Done. I'm done with it. And then maybe you get some accountability. Maybe you get some adjustments. Maybe you get somebody who can go down and say, uh, you're, you're not playing. We're making these adjustments. 
the analytics stuff has failed. And we're going to get a look at what it looks like under Deshaun Watson. And we'll see if Kevin Stefanski holds on. But you're not bringing back Joe Woods or Mike Prefer. And if they all come back, then, wow, Paul DePodesta, what, what potion do you use? What, what wizard stick are you waving around there in Berea? Loser mentality and loser thinking with these numbers. The strategy has failed, period. Thank you very much for Gerard Cherry. Let's get to some fantasy football talk. Get a little I feel cleansed here, people. Okay, Therapy Tuesday. I feel venting. I'm on the couch. You know, I want to hear from you. Leave in the comment section. Hit me up on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram too, at AndyMCSports, wherever you're watching. Click subscribe. Do you agree with me? It's, I think Paul DePodesta, you got to wipe him out. Is he the guy? If you pick one, who's, who's got to go? Let me know. Am I off base or am I right in line? I don't know. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Let's get to some fantasy football talk. Let's go under the wire. All right. So, oh, that actually felt really, really good getting that off my chest. (laughs) I hope it did for you people too. Sometimes you just got to fed. We're in a safe space here, Browns fans, right? We're in a safe space. We're entering week 12. It's Thanksgiving and you're three and seven. And Deshaun Watson hasn't even seen the field. Come on, man. All right. So, under the wire, waiver wire pickups. Here's where I want to start. I mentioned it earlier. Easy strategy. Pick the running backs who are playing against the Browns. Let's start with Rashad White. Leonard Fournette looks like he is going to play on Sunday, but is uh, a little, he's banged up. Rashad White is rostered in about 60% of leagues, so he might be sitting out there. Now, overall, I don't like Rashad White as a fantasy running back. However, this week I do. Why? Because I have not seen any reason to believe that the Browns defense and Joe Woods are going to adjust. Therefore, heck, if this team's three and seven, I might as well win my damn fantasy football league. Get Rashad White in there. Heck, I might I might stack both. Last look, Miami, you could have played Mostert and Wilson. Stack them. Good fantasy days. Cook, decent. And Singletary, both good fantasy days. You can do both this week. I hope I'm wrong. I do really hope I'm wrong. But until they show anything, how, how can I think I'm wrong? Right? Doesn't make much sense. Rashad White, big time waiver wire pickup. Get him in your lineup. Uh, now also, oh, there he is, Traylon, Traylon Burks. He's still just rostered in 21%. And I told you guys a couple weeks ago to pick him up. Go get him. Okay. Played Green Bay, 18.1 fantasy points. We're seeing, and by the way, Ryan Tannehill too, if he's up there, Ryan Tannehill is available in over 50% of most leagues. Tannehill and Burks makes a ton of sense to get on your team for late playoff pushes. You're playing Cincinnati, whose defense is good. Now they're getting some pieces back, but again, you're forcing shootout situations. He's looking for Burks. That's the only real talent upside, and he's growing. Great time for a fantasy playoff push. Get Traylon Burks. Get Ryan Tannehill. Those are two guys right on there. And look, if you don't have Josh Palmer, 59% roster. I know Keelan Allen is, Keenan Allen's back. Mike Williams banged up again. I'm not saying necessarily he had a terrific game, by the way. Huh? I told you 30.6 fantasy points against Kansas City. So Mike Williams, Keenan Allen in out of the lineup. You're playing Arizona Cardinals who are in free fall. Josh Palmer. Great pickup as well. And he's available, again, in about 49% uh, of most leagues. 
Pacheco had a nice game against the Rams. I'm still not buying. You know, I'm not, I'm not buying it against the Rams defense. Maybe like, again, if you want to have him on your roster, sure. You know, do you want to pick him up there and have him? Sure. But it's nothing that's, that's really overly interesting to me. So those are a few under the wire, waiver wire pickups for, um, P Ryan out of Cincinnati really with Joe Mixon getting banged up a little bit, might not be a bad idea. Tennessee is a good run defense. Then you have Kansas city and the Chiefs. So if you have roster space, Sam Pirine, get him now, try to get early, try to stack those running backs up a little bit. 90% availability uh, in most leagues. And heck, Deshaun Watson, folks, on the suspended list, you can drop someone, put them, put them on that NA slot on your fantasy team. And, you know, you're, you're, you're might, you might be okay. He might come in, run around fantasy-wise, real-life-wise, who knows? But Deshaun Watson is still sitting there. We're one game away from him coming back. So if you're going to pick up for him, go now. Might even make some interesting trade bait if your trade deadline is still open in your fantasy league. So those are a few names there. We'll have our uh, must-starts, hashtag AskAndy, to get your questions in fantasy football, hashtag AskAndy on Twitter, at AndyMCAD Sports, at SickPodBrowns. We'll do more of that on Friday. But let's get to some early bird best bets, baby. Let's go. Oh, I like the worm in there too. Brought to you by our pals at Betfred Sportsbook. So Ohio residents, as I'm sure you're well aware, and Cleveland Browns fans, online sports betting coming to Ohio January 1st. It's coming. Pre-register with my guys at Betfred Sportsbook to get an exclusive pre-launch bonus and you're entered to win weekly prizes. Talking to Jason over at Betfred Sportsbook, guys. I'm telling you, the, the prizes that we're going to be able to bring to you on the sick podcast with Andy McNamara, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. But what do you have to do? Step number one, pre-register, okay? You got to pre-register. So we're going to have the link right in here, right? We're going to have the link right in the uh, description of the show. We're going to tweet it out as well, okay? So make sure you're... You're in on that and you get ready. You can pre-register right now. Betfredsports.com slash Ohio slash Andy McNamara. You can see how that's spelled right on there. M-C-N-A-M-A-R-A. So betfredsports.com slash Ohio slash Andy McNamara. That's where you pre-register. That's where you're going to get the pre-launch bonus. That's where you're going to be able to qualify for exclusive prizes. And we'll have more and more information on that coming up as the days and weeks go by and we get closer to January 1st. So Betfred Sportsbook, make sure you are on this. We're going to have a ton of fun with them throughout. So that being said, for week 12, uh, let's go to the Thanksgiving Day games, right? We got triple header action on Thursday. We got Bills at Lions, Giants at Cowboys, Patriots at Vikings. So if we're looking at the Betfred Sportsbook here, and look, you got the Lions and the Bills when we look at the spread, Buffalo nine and a half point favorites. The Lions are gamers. And like we just saw with Josh Allen, there's something not quite right with that elbow. He's battling. Looked inconsistent. The Lions are an emotional team. You get popped up. That nine and a half is too high. It's too high. I would take the Lions to cover that at minus 110. I wouldn't take them to win, but minus 110 on the Lions, I would take that. Uh, they're kind of rolling they're at home they're playing loose they got nothing to lose go for it right new york giants at the dallas cowboys seven and three who would have thought this would be the battle that it is this nfc east just spectacular 
Both teams seven and three. It's in Big D. And we look at a nine-point favorite for the Cowboys. Again, I think that's too high for a division game, man. Non-division game, man. Division game, no. I'm taking the lines at minus 110. And plus 335 for the Giants to win outright. That's, that's getting tasty for them. That, that's that's kind of worth a look. But I'm really strong on Dallas. I really feel Dallas has got it figured out and that they will win that game. So straight up money line, I don't want to do. If you're feeling froggy, throw a little bit. Plus, if it, pays, if it works, why not? To me, I'm staying away from the money line. Gold minus 110. Here's here's the interesting one for me. Patriots, Vikings. And what did I tell you guys last week? Primetime Kirk Cousins flops. Now, that's not anything I made up. But I said it's a 425 game. Okay? It's a 425 game. And that's primetime. You had Nance and Romo. And what did Kirk Cousins do? Is there a thing bigger than laying an egg, an ostrich egg? Fantasy-wise, real-life-wise, terrible. Well, guess what? Prime time under the lights. Kirk Cousin wilts like a dying flower. Wilts. It's at home, so what? Patriots, are they're just getting in that groove, man, and they will stifle you. Now, you get into some sort of shootout, which is what the Vikings really need to do, you'll beat Mac Jones. But that defense is right there. So let's look at the line on Betfred Sports, Betfred Sportsbook. Two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Vikings. Yeah, minus 105. For Patriots to cover that, I, I'm I'm double dipping. We're going to double dip the Thanksgiving. You know, we're going to put some turkey baster juice on it. I think this is a juicy one. Dip the chip twice. I'm taking Patriots minus 105 to cover that 205, and Pats are plus 125 to win outright. Now, again, you can't really put your any any specific analytics or anything on it, but the, the Vikings don't win in prime time with Kirk Cousins. Sorry, they don't. I'm going to put plus 125 on the Pats to win, and minus 105 on them to cover the two and a half. Absolutely. If the Vikings can turn it in and get Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson cruising, they have a great chance of winning the game because Patriots are not built for that type of track meet. But I don't think they will. Plus 125 Patriots. I love that that pick there. That's a good early bird bet there, I believe. And we look at the Browns against the Buccaneers. All right. So we got Tampa Bay, three and a half point road favorites. Uh. And the Browns to win outright on the money line plus 150. Over under set at 43. The lines I like, the payoffs I like with this is for the Buccaneers to cover that three and a half. So win by more than three and a half points play pays plus 100. For them to just win the money line minus 180. So I'm not interested in that. For the Bucs to win by more than three and a half is plus 100. Now in the Brown, last three of the four Browns losses, they've lost by eight points or more. So... That's lining up for a team that looks like there's infighting that people are openly saying either they don't know what to do or are faintly saying, well, you know, we need to be on the same page. People are still looking around on this defense. Grant Delpit, John, John they don't know their assignments. They're looking around. How, how is that possible for the same defense? It's bizarre. So why would I think that the, the, the Browns would one win and two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a Tom Brady who it can be as cold as you want. Brady's fine in the cold. We know that he's, he's fine. Why they would not, as they're starting to get into that ready to launch and take off. You get Tom Brady, a little bit of hot playoffs. I wouldn't want to play him three and a half points bucks to win by more plus 100. Give me that all day. Give me that all day. 
And the over 43 at minus 105, I think you could get over. Bucks got some weapons, right? Browns can sling it. They can score. Hopefully run. So I think you take the over 43 minus 105 and take the Buccaneers to win by minus three and a half plus 100. So that's the early bird bets brought to you by Bet Fred Sports. Remember, folks, betfredsports.com slash Ohio slash Andy McNamara. Pre-register Ohio. Pre-register. Let's get ready for January 1st. We're going to have a ton of fun with our buddies at Bet Fred. Absolutely cannot wait for that. Okay. Listen, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games. Let's just relax. Enjoy some football. Going to be back for Friday's show. Going to have a Browns roundtable. Get you ready for your fantasy football, your Betfred Sportsbook best bets coming up as well. Okay, our sick picks. All that's coming up on Friday. But leave the notification. Let me know. Am I wrong on Paul V. Podesta? Is that the main problem? Cut the head off that strategy analytics snake. And let's start again. Get that strategy out. I think it's D. Podesta. What do you think? Leave in the comment section. Follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at SickPodBrowns. Click notification. Subscribe to the channel. Instagram too at AndyMCSports. Have a great Thanksgiving. For everybody, for Gerard, Sherry, thank you very much. You've been watching the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.